Amen. Thank you. It's a privilege, and I mean that, to get to stand and preach in this camp meeting. I look over this house. It's really a homecoming for me. So many of the people here are our own Living Waters Church, and so many people from Living Waters that have now come to this this great church. I'm I'm honored. I, I couldn't be happier that you're coming to this church. You're faithful. Uh, my prayer is you're paying tithe, giving offerings, faithful. You're not burdening this precious pastor because if you are, he's going to give me a call. I'll come over and whoop you and go back. I'm too old for them to arrest me so I can get away with it. No, I'm honored to see every one of you in church serving God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It's a privilege to see that and to be a part. We're the family of God. We are the body of Christ. I just preached a couple Sundays ago. We opened up the end of, of the year on December 31st on the Sunday. But I said to the church, I said, every year we, we, have, we make these uh, New Year's resolutions. You know, and my wife and I, we do, we do a lot of walking. We'll walk at a park. Three, three miles a day for four, five, six days a week, depending on the timing of all. But in January, every year, I mean, the walking where we walk, it increases 60, 70 people. They start that new year. We're going to walk every day. So we get to February 1st, and I say, do you notice all the resolutions are falling off? We get to March, and now they're all falling off. Pretty soon you get to April and all of them quit. It's just me and Jackie walking. I said, you know, we make a lot of resolutions every year. But I said, God has burdened my heart. We don't need a New Year's resolution. We need a New Year revelation. I want to know this God that saved me, has healed me so many times. Miracles after miracle. I stand here a living miracle. Of the power of God. But you'll never ever get tired of wanting to know the depth of who he is and his love for you and I. And what he wants to do in your life and mine. I'm so honored to know this great God. 31 years ago, we weren't involved in missions. I never gave to missions. I didn't even know really, to be honest with you, what missions were to, as a, a, a young church, a baby church. And God opened the door for us to begin to support a ministry. And we didn't, I never met Brother Clendenin, but I began to support that mission. And you all know the, the testimony of that. But after, out of that mission, begin to give to that, the doors blew wide open. Everywhere I've been, including this camp meeting, came out of my first missionary offering. It opened doors for living waters to go all over this world. 17 years in a row from that, that very year, Brother Clendenin preached for a solid week every year, a camp meeting at Living Waters. We, after he passed, we kept it going for another seven years. 24 years in a row, multiplied millions of dollars have come through Living Waters Church to the mission field. Millions. I'm not exaggerating. Churches built all over the world. But the privilege of getting to meet so many churches and preachers. I wouldn't even know, Brother Lee Ship, if it wasn't for the mission field and the giving. I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for that day that 31 years ago, and God has taken us to the ends of this earth, and then tonight to get to stand here and say, guess what? This is the greatest day in the history of the church. We're alive. What I believe will be the people that's going to see the rapture of the church. Every prophecy of this book's going on right now while I'm standing here. Not pieces of it, not some of it. When in history could you see as it was in the days of Noah going on right now? As the days of Lot going on right now? 
Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. All the prophecies are going on right now. Ezekiel's war is brewing. It could blow up tonight. And Ezekiel 38 and 39 war could begin any moment. Saints, we're, we are the people that's going to see, I believe, the rapture of the church. I didn't come here to set a date. The date's already been set. But I will tell you tonight, we are at the best time the church could ever live. We're going to go out of here just like it was born. That's my purpose tonight of what I believe. I want to preach to you on this thought. I, you know, you can spend too much time trying to get a title. And you spend more time trying to get a title than the content. So I just, I just titled this, Born of the Spirit, Filled with the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. I was in Israel several years ago. I've been there few, several times, but I was in Israel with a couple pastors, preachers. They had asked me to preach at a church. It was in Haifa. And so in my room that, that day before the, the night service, I began to pray and I said, God, what do you want me to preach in Israel? Well, see, I, I didn't know, I brought two or three messages that, you know, you, you take them with you in case they just pull you out of nowhere to preach. And so I had those ready, and he said, you're not going to preach those. And I said, well, God, what do you want me to preach in Israel? This is your country. This is where the Bible came from. This is where your son gave his life. What do you want me to preach in Israel? He said, tell the people tonight. The only answer to Israel is Pentecost. The only answer to Israel is Pentecost. The only answer in this closing hour, America, is Pentecost. And there is a real Pentecost. There has to be a real for all the counterfeit we got. You never get a counterfeit unless you have a real. So it's like I said Sunday, if you, you want to counterfeit a coin, you got to have a real coin. You got to have a real bill to, to to copy that or to counterfeit that. And I can tell you tonight, there is a counterfeit. But I believe by the grace of God tonight, I want to bring to you the word of God, unadulterated, that will minister to every heart in life, that will confirm to you that God loves you. He's not mad at you. He sees you as his believer he sees his son, Jesus Christ, and all of his will and work and dealings is just to rid you and I of what's not Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Over in Matthew chapter 27 tonight, Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 with me, please. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50. Heavenly Father, I never ever take lightly or for granted the call of God on our life. I count it an honor and a privilege. Let these lips be your lips of clay. Hide your servant behind the cross of Calvary that only Christ would be seen and lifted up. Touch every heart in every life. Confirm your word tonight. Save that sinner. Bring that backslider to an altar tonight. And God, I'm asking you to fill every believer. Those that are not filled with the Holy Ghost, let tonight be the night that you baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. And God, those that have already been filled, let this be the night they get refilled. Oh, God, we'll give you the glory. Amen. Jesus when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they 
that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Later on, we'll go to Matthew chapter 3. And later on after that, Lord willing, we'll go to Acts chapter 2. But we'll just stop right there on this part I want to bring to you. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. I have fulfilled the will of my Father. I took the sins of the whole world to the cross. My death was their death. The redemption for man's sins was paid in full that day on Calvary. And he could look up to heaven and say, Father, into your arms, into your hands, I commit my spirit. I've done everything that the will of my father was, was for me to come to this earth and die on a cross of Calvary. And when he reached that point, he said, it is finished. When he said it's finished, that finished the devil off as well. That finished a lot of things off as well. But in that very moment, he said, it is finished. But he didn't say, I am finished. The reason he didn't say, I am finished, is because he is saying tonight, now I want to live out my life in you and through you. My death was your death. My resurrection was your resurrection. When he said, it is finished, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Saints, it didn't end there. To be very clear tonight, he was birthing his church on that very moment. It is finished. Paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. And I am not finished is what I would say he would have said. The Bible says the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. For hundreds of years, man wanted to see God. Man wanted to see behind that veil. But God wouldn't allow it. Only that high priest once a year could go behind that veil. And the Bible said, and not without blood. So we see, but on that day, that veil was rent from the top to the bottom. And God Almighty walked out. Think about it tonight. God Almighty tore that veil from the top to the bottom. Man's been wanting to see him all through that Old Testament life. And today when he said, it's finished, that veil was torn by God himself from top to bottom. And God Almighty walked out from behind that veil. That veil was rent when Christ died, meaning the laying bare of the revelation of God was made real that day. And now we don't need a priest. We don't need a rabbi. And for sure we don't need a pope. We can go into the holy of holies through the blood of Jesus Christ for ourselves. He said come boldly into the throne room of grace. Not arrogantly but boldly. He said, you are now made unto me kings and priests unto God. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The answer to man's problems, man's needs was met on that day. The cross had a greater victory and a greater message that went past the cross that day. It spoke of the device, the very Decisive, irrevocable defeat of the darkness of that day. Satan and his demons were defeated that day. A decisive, irrevocable defeat happened. The Bible said darkness covered the earth. I don't know everything that happened in that three hours of pure darkness. But I can tell you one thing that happened. Jesus Christ stormed the gates of hell and said, Slewfoot, them keys are mine. I'll take those.
those keys. He didn't stop there. He said, church, I birthed you. I called you. I planted you. I give you the keys of the kingdom. What you bind, I'll bind. What you loose, I'll loose. Hallelujah. I must make it real in my life. All hell was defeated that day. Listen close. What was absolute for Christ is only potential for you and I. Do you hear me? What's absolute for Christ is only potential for you and I. Where he overcome on this earth, I must overcome on this earth. Amen. Got a watering hole up here. So when he overcame on this earth, so must I. Church, what we have allowed that enemy to reduce us to is an absolute tragedy tonight. The devil is defeated. God has provided to his every believer on this planet the power to overcome sin, self, and the devil. Don't ever forget what I'm telling you tonight. When Jesus said, it's finished. And that veil came down from the top to the bottom. He's telling you and I, I conquered death, hell, and the grave. I'm telling you, child of God, not without Him, but in Him and through Him, I can overcome. What do I have to overcome? Me, myself, and I. My, the devil and all of it. But I'm telling you tonight, I must overcome. And He gave me power to do so. We've reduced ourselves to, an, to endless hours of trying to counsel the flesh that the Bible said must be crucified. Do you hear me? We spend hours, pastor knows, pastor knows, hours on end counseling people that don't go to church but once a month. Never put a nickel in the, in the kingdom of God to pay the bills or to reach a mission field. They'll counsel you to death. And what we have to understand, we waste hours, endless hours, counseling of flesh that this Bible said had to die. It must die. Instead of counseling it, it must be crucified. Hallelujah. If you abide in me, Jesus said, I will abide in you. We have a responsibility tonight that demands obedience. I can will to obey or I can will to disobey. God gave me a choice. I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. Hallelujah. We've removed that, see? Everything just be saved and behave. No, there's a responsibility. I said there's a responsibility. Paul said... I found the answer to the flesh problem. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Saints, faith demands an action. Faith is a fact, but faith is an act. Hallelujah. From Romans chapter 1 through 7, the word spirit is always used as a small s. From Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 7, all the way through. It's, it, the word spirit is a small s. But when you get to Romans 8, it becomes a capital S. It's the Holy Spirit. That small s is man's spirit. But the capital S is the Holy Spirit. So Paul says it this way. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, that small s keeps me, keeps us in Romans 7 when our spirit is struggling against our own flesh. But a capital S 
takes me out of seven and puts me in chapter eight. I can hear the Holy Spirit say tonight, Calvary paid the price and I'm not finished. That holy man, Christ Jesus, went back to heaven and was replaced by the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead. Matthew 28, Jesus said it this way. After his resurrection, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The church Jesus started on the day of Pentecost, saints, is the church he's coming back for. He will not come back for less than he started. Everything God has asked us to do and to be, he, God, has given us his Holy Spirit to equip us to do it. The same power that he overcame by and with, we have or can have the same power that was given on the day of Pentecost. The same power that was in Christ was available to every believer on the Lord Jesus Christ in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want us to turn now over to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Very important that you turn with me. Because I want to read scripture tonight. Lord willing, I'm going to slow it down to a school zone. So I can teach this. This is critically important. Chapter 3, verse 10. John the Baptist said, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I, John said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me, he's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He, this one I'm talking about, his name's Jesus. He, Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. We'll stop there. Trees in the Bible for most times represent people throughout the word of God. Not always, but many times it does. Saints, God has no use for people who call themselves Christians, but do nothing about it. No, we're not saved by works. But James said, the faith that saved me works. Hallelujah. All I want to know is this faith, that, this faith that saved me, does it work? Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. This faith that saved me, he said, it works. We, we can look at this unfruitful Christians are God's people in name only. If others cannot see our faith in action, we are Christians in name only. Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them by what they produce. Well, I love God, Pastor. I know I'm not there half the time, but I love God. No, you love yourself. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you is there'll be fruit in that life. 
Jesus said, and by your fruit, by your faithfulness, by your tithe and offering, by your prayer life, by your commitment and surrender and dedication to God, we'll know you by that fruit. Sorry, Pastor, but I had to throw that in. John compared people who claimed they believed God but did not live for Him to be unproductive trees. Productive Christian saints obey His teachings, resist temptation, actively serve and help others. This is faith. I listened to pastor's wife, Sister Angela, say last night, we learned a little bit about how to be faithful and how to organize and get people involved and have them do things in that church. Well, after church last night and even when I got here, I seen such loving people longing to work, longing to give of themselves, go in there to eat. They're serving you way too much food. They're coming back every time trying to give you more. I said to myself, these people are active and they're working. They are not saved because they're working. But because they're saved, they're here to work. They're here to give of their very life. I'm not saved because of my works. But because I'm saved, my works will follow me. We'll slow down the water a little bit. Verse 11. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. These are not two separate works. The Holy Ghost and fire is the one and the same. The fire of the Holy Ghost came to purify, to refine the believer, while at the same time it can burn with judgment to an unrepentant heart. John said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, meaning because of repentance. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John's baptism was, was external, but Jesus' baptism was internal. Water is the external. Fire is the internal, penetrating, and intrinsic in its cleansing power. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 11 said it this way, 19 and 20. The old prophet announced centuries before, as a radical need of fallen human nature, God said, I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances or my judgments and do them. This is the deeper life which God is making so clear and so urgent in the life of his people tonight. This is Christ's baptism, not John's. And no converted soul will, will know what that deeper life is until they have received the Holy Ghost in His sanctifying and keeping fullness. <clears throat> Matthew 3.12, we read it. The Holy Ghost is always separating the chaff from the wheat in our life. It's called conviction. Conviction today is called legalism. Condemnation today, conviction today is condemnation. Conviction, saints, is the greatest friend you and I will ever have. The Holy Spirit is the sanctifying and conforming us to Jesus Christ. That is the work of the Holy Ghost. This being the work of the Holy Spirit... Then to reveal and to remove in us what is not Christ, what is not wheat, 
I said starting out tonight, God loves us. I'm so glad he does. Several years ago, many years, 20-something now, Brother Clendenin was preaching in our church for 30 days straight, School of Christ meeting we had, 20-plus years ago. And he was just preaching. And every, every day and night, he stayed in my house for 30 days. So I had to, to be with that man of God all the time. Didn't have to, but I got to. But I never seen a man know God like he knew him. It made me nervous. Kind of bothered me. So he'd get up and preach and, and do lessons in them schools. And I'm sitting on that front row about where pastor is. And I said to myself after the first week, I said, you know, I don't belong pastor. And that's for sure. <laughs> I, this guy's on another planet. I said, he's talking from a level. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's talking about. But I said, God, I, I feel so condemned. I feel like I, I, I can't do this. I'm just going to have to resign. I went through one week. The second week, same thing. And I remember on that, that, Sunday, that Sunday night, the second week, I said, God, I can't take no more. I feel so, I'm not talking about willful sin. I'm just talking about a man of God, full of the Holy Ghost, ministering at a level that I had not comprehended or was willing to surrender or to give my life into or for. And so I'm looking at it on that second week. And on that night, I said, God, when this man of God leaves, I'm going to resign and get out of the ministry. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. And when he called the altar call, I spun around, Pastor Lee, at my chair. And I began to sob, more of a self-pity cry, but I cried. And I said, God, I just, I have to resign. I can't hang in there at the level this man of God's operating in. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that night, and he said to me, stop your crying. I'm not mad at you. I love you. And when I see you, I see my son, Jesus Christ. And all of my love and dealings is to rid you, Duke Downs, of what's not Christ. From that day to now, I've been a free man, full of God, full of the Holy Ghost, not condemned, but a conviction is the greatest friend I've got tonight. When he convicts me, I say, thank God he's revealing to me what's not Christ, and it must be dealt with. I'm not talking about willful sin. I'm talking about things that don't measure up to the level of Christ's conformity in my life and yours. And from then to now, it's never bothered me again. <clears throat> when we, saints, understand the process of that threshing floor, we, we know that how they did it. They, they took that, that harvested grain, that wheat. They put it on a, on a high level, a hill if possible, but always on a higher level, that harvest. They'd lay all of that grain out on that hill, put tarps or whatever on top of it, and by human hands or animals, they would crush that grain and stomp it and stomp it and crush it, the wheat, the grain. And when they got done doing that, they pulled the tarp off. Then they take a pitchfork, stab it into that grain, that, that grain that has been totally ground up. And they toss that pitchfork in and throw it in the air. And when they did the wind blowing, would blow away the chaff, and that wheat with the grain would fall to the ground. Listen close. We can see tonight what he's trying to tell us. Letting that wind blow away the chaff, the wheat would fall to the ground. According to John, that or this is what the Holy Ghost came to do in your life and mine. Listen close. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Satan desires you to have you, to sift you as wheat, to winnow you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fell not. What's he saying? Peter, Satan's going to put a pitchfork in you and he's going to toss you in the air. Like a ping pong ball in a wind. And he's going to toss you in the air. 
over and over again and try to winnow you out and let you blow away. But he said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith fail not. I'm praying for you. Can I tell you tonight, if Jesus prayed for Peter, he'll pray for Duke. He'll pray for Rita. He'll pray for Lee. He'll pray for Pastor. You can say tonight, Jesus, the enemy is trying to plunge me and toss me to and fro and sift me like wheat. But Jesus, would you pray for me? He said, I sure am. And your faith will not fail you. When we understand this process, that we understand that the Holy Spirit will either winnow out of our life the chaff through repentance and obedience, or he'll have to serve judgment on the unrepentant heart and life. First Peter 4.17 said, For the time has come. Judgment must begin. Where? At the house of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is continually revealing and removing the chaff, the flesh from our surrendered, obedient lives. It's called walking in the Spirit. Saints, there's no condemnation there. Not talking about willful sin. I'm walking in all the light I have, but I'm not perfect. I have a perfect Christ in me, perfect in me, but I'm not perfect. So I haven't arrived yet. He hadn't said well done yet. So there's a constant work and dealings of God. I don't care if you're 75 or 99. It constantly will work until he said time to come get you or come for you. The Holy Ghost is continually... And we walk in the Spirit, there's no condemnation there. If the Holy Ghost can't burn it out, guess what? He'll burn it up. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm not being mean. I'm just being as honest as I know how to be. This is the Holy Ghost and fire. Acts 2. Now watch the similarities of what we just read in Matthew 3. Watch the similarities. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire. It sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, capital S, gave them utterance. See the similarities? Watch this. Verse 2, the sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, a whistle of, of a tornado. I think Cameron knows what I'm talking about on that one. Wind explains the spirit perfectly because you cannot see the wind or the spirit, but you can sure see and feel the effects of it. The effects of the visual image was like flames of flames or tongues of fire. It appeared and settled on each of them. Why tongues, preacher? It symbolizes speech and the communication of the gospel. Let the Holy Ghost burn them lips. He will make them his oracle and not a selfish human being. Why fire, preacher? Because it symbolizes God's purifying presence which burns away the undesirable elements in our lives. It sets our hearts aflame to ignite the lives of others. Saints, God sent the fire 
And it must not be left out of our message. There's very little fire left in the Pentecostal church of our day. It breaks my heart. It's not teaching somebody how to talk in tongues. We teach them how to talk in tongues. Repeat after me three or four sentences. And then tell them they're filled with the Holy Ghost. My God, what a shame. The Holy Ghost of God knows how to fill you and the utterance be complimented with His tongues from heaven. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This fake He of the Spirit. We got it all, you know, some kind of superficial thing now. Everybody come up here now and you... Your, your language is coming to you, so begin to da-da mama, and when I lay hands on you, you run all sentences out, and then we send you back. Let me tell you something, saints. There has to be a real before there can be a counterfeit. I said there's got to be a real before there can be a counterfeit. Let me tell you something, saints. I'm not, I'm not in my thoughts or notes, but I believe the Holy Ghost wants me to bring it out. I was in Russia back, my goodness, many years ago, Clendenin's having his school going on then. So I get there to sponsor and go out to preach in another country. But he said to me, he said, tonight is the last night of the class. Brother Downs, I want you to preach to him. I said, oh, Brother Clendenin, you're the man, not me. He said, no, I want you to preach to him. I said, oh, God. He wants me to preach to these 150 students with an interpreter. There's, there's young men and, and women in that meeting. They're from uh, all over Russia, the Ukraine, the Republic of Georgia, Armenia. They're from countries all over. And I'm going to get up and preach that night. And I said, oh, God. So I got up to preach. God knows you couldn't be more f- scared than I was. And Clinton is sitting on that front row just glaring at me. And I said, oh, God, I can't miss one word. I can't make one mistake. He'll just get up and say, sit down. You don't have none for these kids. And so I'm so nervous. Brother Lee, I didn't hardly get a sentence out. And the lights went out. Pitch dark. Brother Clendenin hollered out, preach on, son. I said, preach on what? I'm looking for a flashlight. Pitch dark. He said, go ahead and preach. God's anointed you. So I just took off. I began to preach with the interpreter. I couldn't tell you everything I said and how I even said it, but I preached for about 45 minutes. And when I got done, the Spirit of God fell in that house. But several months later, I was in the Republic of Georgia where my son Darren went as a missionary for a couple years. And one of the students came to me with an interpreter. And he said, Brother Downs, the night you was preaching in that graduation... He said, when the lights went out, he said, everything you said in English, I heard it in Georgian. I heard every word you said. No interpreter. I heard you clearly and perfectly. Let me tell you tonight, I don't want a counterfeit. I want the real. I want the real. Hallelujah. They're speaking in our language. They're talking in my country. That's the real Holy Ghost and fire. God sent the fire and we can't take it out of our message. Acts 2 and 2, we read it. That sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house. How much like Matthew 3, 11 and 12 is that sound? The wind of the Spirit had come to winnow out the chaff in their lives. When the wind of the Spirit got done, no one in that upper room were the same people that went in ten days ago. Peter, James, and John are not the same three. Nobody in that upper room was the same person. Why? The fire of the Holy Ghost burned out of them. Set them aflame. With a fire that no fireman can put out. Hell can't put it out. 
The wind of the Spirit. What was God doing? The baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire set upon each of them. Saints, he's not only filling them with himself, but he's burning out of them the chaff. Anything that's not him. Hallelujah. Don't fear the fire. Embrace it. It's God's convicting, working power. Sanctifying, purging, purifying, making us more like Christ, a vessel that he can use. Didn't Paul say, what? Know you not? Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. It belongs to God. When I read that, he said, what? I said, my God, he got his attention. Saints, there's something about the holiness of God that expresses itself in fire. Think about it. The holiness of God expresses itself in fire. Back I was born and raised in Pentecost. Like all preacher's kids, I got knucklehead there for a while. <laughs> Ran from it all. One is I knew he was calling me to preach, and I didn't want nothing to do with that. I got five brothers and a sister. They can handle all of that. But because his hand was on me, I ran away for a while, but I did come right back to my landmark. And so I was probably about probably nine, maybe ten years old. You know, and then you're just a little rascal running around the church. Mom and dad's pastors and little church. It was, you can put that whole church in this center section. I think we had maybe 100, 125, maybe maximum. Little church, but God lived there. The Holy Ghost was there. What a man of God he was. What a landmark he left in my life. What a demonstration of the real. I've seen the real in my lifetime. That's why I thank God I've turned heading for 75 this year. But I know the old-fashioned, the real, and I also know the fake. I've been through it all. Some of it I fell for. Amen. We all can. Not, not too bad to be deceived. It's worse than that to be a deceiver. So I, I can be deceived. I just don't want to be a deceiver. Until God got me straightened back out. But at 10 years old, I remember it was like on a, a Sunday morning or on a Sunday, I know. And over in this corner, I think, was where the organ was. My mother, my mother played the organ. And my dad was a preacher from Arkansas. Couldn't read or write. 22 years old, never even heard the name Jesus. Raised in a farm in Arkansas, never even heard the name Jesus. God saved him at 22 years old and called him to preach. Couldn't read or write. But he'd quote more scriptures and chapters than I can read, much less quote them. He, God just anointed him. But he's, he finished preaching that service. When he got done, he came over to this side of the platform. And he had his back. He was talking to somebody, and he's like this at the time. And here come a man from the congregation. And he come running up, and he said, Brother Downs, God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. My dad spun around, and when he did, fire shot between them. It cracked like a, like a whip, snapped, and fire flashed between them. And my dad said, yes, but you got to want to be godly. And the fire of God fell on that man. And let me tell you, it was a few weeks or months later, they found out he's molesting his kids. The Holy Ghost and fire met a molester. And he said, God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And God said, yeah, but you got to want to be godly. I've seen it with my own eyes. Maybe that's what brought me back. Scare the liver out of you. Without the Holy Ghost, saints, there's no destroying fire. No cleansing fire. No burning fire. The old life is not burned up. They're still living their old life and their old habits. 
Why, preacher? They're living in Romans 7 under a small S. Their spirit is struggling against their old rotten flesh. They've never moved into chapter 8. They never let the fire of Pentecost burn out them old habits. They bring them on now to church. Takes them 10 years to get delivered from nicotine and alcohol and perversion. Let me tell you, the fire of Pentecost will deliver you and set you free on a moment's notice I watched drug addicts delivered and set free instantly at an old fashioned altar I've seen it many times preaching in a church pastor told me that lady that's coming up to that altar said she's an alcoholic wanting to be delivered he said she's been in church for many years but she's an alcoholic I walked over. I just finished preaching. I walked over to touch her. I'm telling you, them demons went wild in her. That, that, that demon of alcohol went bananas in that lady. She's screaming and shrilling and went crazy. I jumped on her like, like he said, ugly on an ape. I, I jumped on that. I said, God, in the name of Jesus, deliver this precious lady. She's bound by alcohol. That demon is a spirit. They call it spirits, don't they? That demon of alcohol has got a grip on her. God delivered her, set her free, saved her and filled her with his spirit. I'm come to tell you there is a fire with Pentecost. It'll still work when a man is baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire things that once controlled our lives is now burn up the Holy Ghost does the convicting and he does the conforming oh my that's why I love conviction and you know let me let me, let me just break in a little school zone stuff here. Your conviction is yours. Quit trying to put that on somebody else. That's your conformity to Christ. What he convicts you of, you let him convict you. I don't care what it is. My dad's sister, she meaner than a junkyard dog. He said to her once, he was trying to get her saved and so she, he said to her, she, she said, well, I'm never going to give up my tobacco. She's chewed tobacco all her life. She said, I'm not going to give it up. She said, he said, what are you going to do when you get to heaven if you ever get there? What are you going to do about the tobacco? She said, I'll just spit it in your cup, your coffee cup. He never drank another cup of coffee. His rest of his life. Never drink another. I'm, now, I know you're Starbucks. I like coffee, but I'm not a Starbucks guy, but I do like coffee. Community coffee. It ain't bad, is it? Louisiana stuff. But he never drank another cup of coffee. You know what he's saying? Not so much a conviction, but it's going to keep my sister out of heaven. He said, she'll never be able to say that again to me. I'm just telling you, that was his conviction. And God will convict you of something. Don't you try to put that on somebody else. You take that very private and very personal. And when God convicts you, you say, Lord, thank you. I may be watching too much of something that I shouldn't be watching. I'm not talking about sinful things. I'm just talking about things that are not spiritual. You know, not everything is sin, but it sure can be death. And it can just wear and win you out. And I can tell you, he'll deal with you sometimes. And when he does, let that be your conviction. The more tender the more sensitive you come to this convicting power of the Holy Spirit, the more sensitive and loving of God you'll fill you with. You'll be filled with a grace that you can't imagine. You'll be filled with a passion and a love you can't even imagine. Why? The more sensitive you are, the more He'll trust you. Amen. Gotta hurry. It breaks my heart tonight to see the weakness of the preacher and the believer that has refused the fire of Pentecost that gave us power to live an overcoming life. Saints, God gave us the choice, and with the choice comes the power. The power is in the choice. When pastor makes an altar call and the Holy Ghost is dealing with your lost soul, 
You sit back there. He said, I want you to get on your feet and come to an old-fashioned altar. The, the choice is yours. And child of God, you're standing there bound by sin and hell. But you say, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. The man of God's preached. I'm convicted. He's drawing me. The first step you take, you made a choice for God. And the minute you step for God, God's grace, God's faith will overwhelm you. The power is in the choice. If Adam and Eve would have made the right choice, they'd be sitting on this front row tonight. You and I have a choice. Don't blame somebody else. Don't blame the cross. The cross has won my victory. It's not an excuse for sin. It's a place he won my victory over sin. And if I can overcome if he tells me I can overcome. I can overcome how? In him. Today we have lowered the price of what real Pentecost cost. Until the discount price has made that church impotent of the power of God. The Holy Ghost came on Jesus, how? In the form of a dove. But he came on us in the form of fire. Why? Because there was nothing to burn out of Christ. There's plenty that needs to be burned out of me and you. I welcome it. I'm not near as much like Christ as I want to be. I know this is my 36th year of preaching. But let me tell you. He hadn't said well done. There is a passion and a cry in my heart. I can't leave this earth. Whether it's before the rapture. Or by, by way of death or whatever. I don't want to leave. Until I see a manifestation. Of the real power of Pentecost again. I was raised in it. I seen it with my own eyes. I experienced it. I watched my dad come in one Saturday night. We were having a youth service. And they had probably, I don't know, 12, 14 youth lined up. God was moving. We're all just standing across the front. 11, 12, 13 years old. And that man of God walked in. They went and got him. He was in a, his prayer closet. And we were having a youth service, but God was moving. They said, Brother Downs, you got to come. Sister, he walked in, touched the first person, and the Holy Ghost fell and baptized everyone in that row instantaneously. Every one of them began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Let me tell you tonight, it's real. It's real. That Pentecostal blessing, I know, I know it's real. Nothing to burn out of him. Plenty to burn out of us. I wrote down here, let me close. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I get accused that I close a lot of times. One, one preacher. <laughs> I had to laugh at our camp meeting. Brother Bobby Johnson, you know him. Good friend, great friend. He's in heaven. But he's preaching my camp meeting, and he said, a preacher, a preacher that closes, says, I'm closing, and he doesn't close, he's a liar. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the front row. I just start smiling. A couple of my elders come running up, Pastor, you want me to get him? You want me to get him? You want me to set him down? And I said, no, I'm not a liar. Let him preach. So he went on, and he said, man, closes. Doesn't close, say he's a liar. So when he got all done, they're, they're picking on him about it. He said, Brother Downs closes sometimes two or three times. Sometimes four or five. <laughs> this is my first one, brother. <laughs> so Bobby Johnson's looking at me. He's like, am I okay? <laughs> I said, Brother Bobby, I used to manage supermarkets. I said, in fact, I even managed a Jimco. Remember Jimco? Some of you old timers, Jimco. I used to manage a Jimco, and you know, we'd come on, Brother Lee, fifteen minutes before we closed. Fifteen minutes. Good evening, Jimco members and guests. Jimco will be closing in fifteen minutes. For your shopping convenience, we'll be open tomorrow. 
from 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. Five minutes later, I'd come on. Good evening, Jim Cole members and guests. Jim's going to be closing in 10 minutes. Well, good evening, new life. We'll be closing here in a few minutes. We haven't closed. My last time I'd come on there, I'd say, Jim Coe is closed. For tomorrow's shopping convenience, come on back. And I ran and locked the door. You know what that means? Closed. So don't lock me out. Let me get, let me get up and get done here. And it's still his son torn. Still torments me over that. Brother Downs, how many times are you closing tonight? I said, many as it takes. <laughs> Jesus is saying to us tonight, it is more important to have the Holy Ghost in you and you be filled with him than for you to have me with you in my bodily presence. Listen close. I am closing. The Holy Spirit in them did more in three hours than his bodily presence did in three years. Don't tell me he made a mistake when he departed and sent me the comforter. He sent me everything that made him who he was on this earth. Nothing short of it. He sent it. It's available to every believer on this planet tonight. And in three hours, then his bodily presence did in three years. This is why Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Someone said, it's only, the Holy Ghost is only power for service. No, it's power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Saints, I am trying to say, close this. If I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, I'm an overcomer. He said seven times in that book of Revelation, seven churches, seven times. To him that overcometh, to him that overcometh. The seventh time he said, you overcome that seventh complete and full. Overcome this time, I'll grant you to sit with me on my throne. Let me tell you tonight, you cannot overcome. Without the baptism of the Holy Ghost in power. He's everything you and I need. I am scared to death to face anything in the streets, demon possessed, or in, in a wild, crazy country. Scared to death, but you fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm there in the will of God. I don't need to fear a thing. You can't kill a Christian. You can only change their address. You can't intimidate me. I just want to walk with God and walk in his spirit. In this closing hour, we're now facing a demon-possessed world. This, this whole world shifted in COVID. And in that shift, there was a spirit of antichrist that made inroads that I can tell you has not intending to back out or back away. It attacked the church and found the church questioning itself with having its own real faith. And most of the churches emptied, and many of them never came back. Many of them. Brother Tony Allman sitting back here went to Cleveland, I think it was, Ohio, where his dad's funeral. While he was there, he wanted to visit a church. Went to 12 churches. Not one of them was open. Not one on a Sunday. What I'm trying to tell you tonight, there was a shift. And hell doesn't intend to give in or give up. This transgender nonsense all of this stuff wanting to take away parents' rights. And your little boy or little girl can tell you what they want to be. No, sir. No, you're mama and you're daddy. You be mama and you be daddy. That little girl don't know what she's talking about. Neither does he. You take over that phone to that house. I'll tell you what you are and what you're not. I birthed you. You're a little boy. You're a little girl. Don't you let that school tell them what they are. Can I tell you tonight, saints of God, that transgender is demon possession. I said it's demon possession. And it's going to take the power of the Pentecostal experience to set people free. But God has laid on my heart. 
He said, don't despise them and throw them away. Don't toss them away. He said, if they come to the church, preach to them. He said, get them to an old-fashioned altar. You won't get all of them free, but there'll be a many of them that you'll see me deliver them and set them free from the power of a demon-possessed world of perversion. Let me tell you tonight, homosexuality is demon possession. And I come tonight with a power that will set you free. God will make a man out of you. God will make a woman out of you. Bow your heads. Father, oh God, we need the Holy Ghost tonight. We need a fresh baptism of your spirit. And God, tonight, as people come to this old-fashioned altar, and they come to kneel and raise their hands towards heaven, crying out for a fresh baptism, for a new and a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. As our dear sister begins to play, and as you begin to come, please come to the altar, either kneel or stand. Please don't lay down in the aisles. I want everybody to come and let us lay hands on them. Saints of God, you that are filled and full of the Holy Ghost tonight, would you come and join me? God's going to baptize you with a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Go ahead, sis.